0: O say shalom Bim ramav, hu, who Shalom aleinu, Veil Kol Yisrael Veimru Omen. May he who makes peace in the high places make peace for us and for all Israel and say ye Amen. Where is the umph? And say ye Amen. Thank you very much. My name is Steve Cohen. I'm a missionary. My job for the last 43 years has been to bring the gospel to the Jewish people and help equip the church to do the same. How many gathered at this third service here this morning knows somebody Jewish? Can I see your hand? All right. For those of you who didn't raise your hand... How many of you who didn't raise your hand knowing somebody Jewish believe in Jesus? Let me see your hands, please. Okay. And and how many of you knew Jesus was Jewish? Everybody can raise your hand if you did. So, how many here now know somebody Jewish? (laughs) I wasn't taught Jesus was Jewish as I was growing up. I just figured Jesus is for the Church, Jesus is for the Gentiles, those who aren't Jewish. Jesus is for those who had Christmas. We had Hanukkah. Jesus is for those who had Easter. We had Passover. Jesus is for those who had um, ham on white. We had corned beef on rye. There were just just these little differences, if you will. And for the first twenty-three years, I didn't believe in Jesus simply because nobody told me. But through the prayers of a Lutheran layman, I heard the gospel, and for the first time in my life was invited to read a Jewish book. Those of you with Jewish friends, here's your opportunity to share. Lend them a copy of the New Testament non-King James so that it's easier to read. Make sure it's big enough if you will. Uh, the first copy of the New Testament I got was in six-point font, and I had better eyes back then. But invite them to help you learn something. And what you, what you want them to help you learn is this. What do they, as somebody who is Jewish, think of this Jewish book? This is important simply because Most Jewish people today, just like me, had never even encountered what's in the New Testament, have no knowledge of what's there. And so only go by hearsay or misbelief in these things. Now, if your friend or acquaintance says, I'm not religious, say, well, that's wonderful. I'd like to see through the eyes of somebody who's Jewish and not religious what they think of this Jewish book. If they tell you they're not interested, oh, that's terrific. I'd like to see through the eyes of somebody who is Jewish, not religious, and not interested in this Jewish book because I'm asking you to help me see through your eyes. Do you understand what I'm asking? You're not trying to tell them something. You're inviting people to discover for themselves Because the unbelief among 99% of the Jewish population today, which is almost 16 million Jewish people, 6 million in Israel, about 6 million in the U.S., and the rest scattered throughout the world, is indeed not because they've studied and rejected, but out of tradition and having never encountered the Word of God. How many are willing to invite your Jewish friends to read the Word of God? Can I see your hands, please? god bless you the worst that can happen is they'll say no and and i guarantee you most jewish people are going to rush up to you and say can you let me read your bible so take the initiative prayerfully to invite them to read and then if they have any questions to begin to field those questions when i began reading i was shocked to discover how jewish it was by the way did you know matthew was a jewish book Mark, John, Peter, and Paul, they were Jewish. Jesus was Jewish. The first followers of Jesus were Jewish. Did you know these things? Did you also know there weren't a whole bunch of Lutherans back then? (laughs) When I started reading, I was amazed. Jesus did not go to church. Jesus went to the synagogue. Jesus did not go on Sunday. He went on the Sabbath, Friday night, Saturday. The only scriptures available at that time were what we call the Old Testament or the Hebrew scriptures (coughs) maintained on scrolls. And Jesus read from those scrolls. Jesus observed Passover, Rosh Hashanah, the New Year, Yom Kippur. The only mention of Hanukkah in the entire Bible is in the Gospel of John, the 10th chapter. Jesus was at Jerusalem. And Jewish leaders came and asked him a question. If you're the Messiah, tell us plainly. John chapter 10. Jesus said, I told you. And then he went on to say, I and the Father are one. And the Jewish leaders picked up stones to stone him. Why? Because in their eyes, Jesus was claiming to be God. The whole thing surrounding Hanukkah had to do with a man claiming to be God. His name was Antiochus Epiphanes. He, about uh, 200 years or so before uh, 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 Jesus walked this earth, had gone in and desecrated the temple at Jerusalem, by sacrificing a pig on the altar and causing images of himself to be erected inside the Holy of Holies. Total desecration. To force Jewish people to stop worshiping the one true living God. A small band took offense and waged a guerrilla war. They were known as the Maccabees. means hammer. And they went against and had victory and they recleansed the temple and rededicated it for worship service and they had on the 25th of the Hebrew month Kislev that happens around December they had a rededication ceremony to celebrate a delayed observation of the eight-day festival of tabernacles once the temple was recleansed and we have this tradition we say today That the oil that was properly made for the use of the menorah inside the temple was only sufficient for one day. And it was going to take eight days to travel, fetch, and bring back kosher oil for the menorah to keep it going. We say today, Nes Gadol Hayah Shom. We'll try that together Nes Gadol Hayah Shom. That means a great miracle happened there. Oil, sufficient for one day, lasted for eight days. Today at Hanukkah, a minor festival in the Jewish community, that means you work on these days. You don't stop work like you would at Passover or Yom Kippur. But at Hanukkah, we light candles. One the first night, two the second, throughout the eight nights in order to recall and remember that miracle. Now today, by the way, Hanukkah is different than it was back then because today Jewish children get gifts every night for eight nights. Do you know why? Because they complained that all the Christians getting gifts one night So now, eight nights of gift-giving mark Hanukkah. The playing of a dreidel, a four-sided top, with those Hebrew letters, nun, shin, gimel, and hay, neskidol, hayashom. Uh, uh, Chocolates are used, sort of the ante, uh, in order to play the game. The uh, cooking of um, potato latkes, things fried in oil. Or in Israel, they have these jelly donuts, things fried in oil in order to remember the oil that was there. But all of this to center around who Jesus is because Jesus was asked by the leaders, tell us plainly, who are you? And he told them and they didn't want to believe. That question of who Jesus is is still the same question today within the Jewish community. The rabbis say today he is not the Messiah because we know when the true Messiah comes, the lion will lay down with the lamb. Swords will be beaten into plowshares, and we can certainly look around this world today and know for a fact that lions aren't laying down with lambs and swords aren't being beaten into plowshares, so it raises a question. How could he possibly be the promised Messiah? Well, as the late Paul Harvey used to say, there is still the rest of the story. And we heard that story today in the portion from Isaiah. One who would come, who would be wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed because all we like sheep have gone astray each one of us has turned to his own way but the Lord placed on him the iniquity of us all I wanted to tell the world when I came to faith because of that witness of that Lutheran friend my family at first blush thought it was a fat I would outgrow but eventually disowned me because of my confessing Jesus and wanting to serve as a full-time missionary but there was one in my family who always kept his arms open wide always had a big smile on his face always welcomed me uh when we would visit he was my favorite uncle i think everybody's got a favorite uncle my favorite uncle was uncle mel melvin shevik lived in vancouver washington melvin had a men's clothing store in downtown Vancouver. And every couple of years, we'd make a trek to Melvin's Men's Shop and replenish our wardrobe because every few years, and, well, men, maybe you'll get it, my clothes kept shrinking. (laughs) And when we would get there, he let us do the shopping, and we always took a meal together. And during that meal, Uncle Mel asked the same question every single time. The question? So, Steve, how's business? Now, I grew up working in my father's jewelry store. I knew he wasn't asking, how's the jewelry business? I didn't know anything about the clothing business. I had been flunked out of law school, so he wasn't asking me about law. A- and, and on and on, but I really realized that ultimately what Uncle Mel was asking was this question the question he was asking was what happens when we die is there life after this life there are three major branches to the jewish faith the jewish religion orthodox conservative and reform not reformed reform And using Lutheran lingo, it's kind of like Wisconsin Synod, Missouri Synod, and ELCA. That that is, the Orthodox is a fairly closed community. The Reform branch takes the Bible and just merely gives uh, eye notice to it, but doesn't believe it's literally true. And the conservative movement, uh, uh, some do, some don't. But uh, this much is true. The Reform branch... Has given up on a personal Messiah coming, and does not believe in life after this life. That's the branch I grew up in too. And in that branch, Uncle Mel, in that uh, uh, question, how's business? Uncle Mel was really searching. Is there something after this life? And we who believe the Bible is true and take Jesus at face value, Jesus said, "I am the." way, the truth, the life, and no one comes to the Father unless you go to Shepherd of the Desert. He didn't say that, did he? No one comes to the Father but by? There's one and only one way. Now, there are a lot of people in this world today who claim to be followers of Jesus who are waffling on this question who believe there are many paths and there's some who even say since the jewish people are the chosen people of god they've got a free ticket to heaven they don't need jesus they're god's chosen people well it is true we're the chosen people but what were we chosen for we were chosen to be a light to the gentiles To declare there's one and only one true God, chosen to bring the scriptures, the law, the prophets, the land, and the promise of the Messiah, who would be the one to bring us salvation. Uncle Mel wanted to know, is there something more? and every few years a trek to melvin's new clothes added to the wardrobe a meal and the question so steve how's business my bride nancy is here with me today nancy is my second wife my first wife jan of thirty two years battled a disease that I was unaware of at the beginning called Huntington's disease. It is a gene defect that causes the brain to die. And she suffered through that battle over a 17-year period before losing the battle but winning the victory and going home to the Lord December sixth, two 2007. Along the way, her mother before her passed away of this disease, too. And she, also a believer, when we went to the funeral, we had a real victory celebration. Four years after Jan's mother passed away, I was called to Uncle Mel's bedside and told that he doesn't have long to live. And when I got to his bedside, strong handshake, big smile, Same question. So, Steve, how's business? And I tried to help him as clearly as I could understand. Number one, God loves us. Did you know God loves you? He loves us so much that he sent his only son so that whoever believes in him, whoever, didn't say whoever's Jewish, didn't say whoever's is. Uh, 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 gentilish whoever and he offers us a gift and like any gift we can have one of three responses we can receive the gift we can ignore the gift or we can reject the gift and so it has been throughout the ages concerning Jesus those who have received his gift through the work of God's Spirit, those who are ignoring his gift, and those who reject his gift. Two weeks later, word came. Uncle Mel passed away. I flew out to the city of my birth, Portland, Oregon, to join him and the family at the synagogue that he grew up in. The service was just packed, not an empty seat, not a dry eye, and not a single mention of a word of hope for life after this life. Stories of a life well lived, and indeed his was. But to the best of my knowledge, Uncle Mel did not confess Jesus. Only God knows. And at the end of the service, the casket was rolled down the middle and set in a niche in a mausoleum next to my cousin Alan, their son, who ten years earlier had passed away from brain cancer. And as the casket was rolled out, these words were spoken that I began with. May he who makes peace in the high places make peace for us and for all Israel and say ye, Amen because the hope in that congregation was eternal life is vested in keeping his memory alive for the things he had done, not him going before the presence of God. And that was one of the saddest days of my life. My vocation, bring the gospel to lost people. Those closest to me, those loved most, unreached. And that confrontation with the reality of Scripture, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no one, no one, no one comes to the Father but by me. Most of you know somebody Jewish. Most of you, probably every one of you, knows somebody who doesn't believe in Jesus. And the question I want to leave on the table today for you is this. Does it matter to you if that person spends eternity in hell or not? If it doesn't matter, you're not going to do anything. If it does matter, even though perhaps we've been silent in the past or prayerlessness for them and their salvation in the past, we can make a change for the present and the future by choosing to engage before the lord first in prayer to engage the individual by asking simple questions could you read this text tell me what you think would you answer the question we heard in the gospel what do you think of jesus see it's not about us and how they feel about us I've helped write and distribute over a million gospel tracts where people would go out and your pastor went out with us in 2000 to the streets in St. Louis. We would just go and invite people to answer the question, what do you think of Jesus? And most people were indifferent and some people were excited and some people were opposed and some people would tell, tell me there, they really don't like me just for being there. And I would tell them point blank, well, get to know me better. You'll like me even less. It has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with Jesus. Find out about him, and then we'll see where God leads you. This year is a historic year for the apple of his eye, our 23rd year. This year we're doing something in the history of the LCMS that has never been done before. We are starting new direct mission work in Israel six million Jewish people living there, 99% unsaved, never a penny or a person ever invested to this point. We have called Reverend Dr. Robert Rogner, former head of world missions for the LCMS, former missionary in Africa, former head of Lutheran Bible Translators. He has joined me and our staff to begin this new work in Tel Aviv the 11th most expensive city in the world, but the largest concentration of Jewish people also in the world. To be able to go and to begin new mission work there, we need your prayers. Number one, intense spiritual opposition to this work. And I wish I had a couple hours to share with you just some of the stories that have happened. Secondly, you have an envelope with you. Could you look at that for a moment, please? The envelope in your worship folders has on the front a place for your name and your address and your email address. And as a personal thank you to you, I would like to send you two of the books that I've written to help you in terms of your personal faith and sharing with others. So if you would do me the kindness of printing neatly, may I say those words again, print neatly your name, address, and your email address. And there'll be a basket in the back. You can drop it in there or drop it in the mail later to us. But we would like to send you as a thank you for the privilege of being back here at Shepherd of the Desert, these books to help you in your journey in telling others about Jesus. The Apple of His Eye is a recognized service organization of our church body. That means that we're kosher. That doesn't mean pickles, but we're okay. And it also means that the church uh, uh, gives us nothing in terms of synod and district. 100% of our mission effort is simply through God's people like you who are willing to support us over and above your mission giving. And by the way, Bob has to raise his own support too. His target for the first three years to be on the field is 450000 thousand. L. W. LWML has given us 100000 And he has 40% of the rest, so if you could write a check today and put it in that envelope to dedicate for our work in Israel, if you have the ability to write a check for $254,000, that would help us a lot to get him going. But whatever you could give, we receive it knowing you care and that you're with us because the gospel needs to go out to others. Uncle Mel, I don't know. But I do know this. Because of God's grace and the witness of others, the hope we have and the hope I have is to be with him forever. And that's the greatest hope we can give anyone. Let's pray together. Oh God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I thank you for the wonderful community of faith here in Scottsdale at Shepherd of the Desert Lutheran Church. I thank you for Pastor Rosenow's friendship these many years, the leadership you've given him, the passion you've given him to reach out for lost souls. May you, O Lord, fill the positions that have been asked, and may you encourage the members who are gathered here, open their eyes to see lost souls who need Jesus, open their hearts to pray, and their lips to speak, so that others don't have to wait as long as I did to hear of Jesus, the Lamb of God, He takes away the sin of the world. We bless you and we pray these things in Jesus' name. And all God's children said...